Y'all, today we are going to talk about beauty and belonging because we as women need to know that we have a beautiful Savior with a beautiful plan and that we belong to him. And so that is what our first session today is going to be about. And um, then after that, we are about to eat the cutest lunch that you have ever laid your eyes on. Did you lay your eyes on a little bit of it? Is it not the cutest thing you've ever seen? I mean, like, it's so cute, I don't want to eat it, but we're gonna. I mean, we're going to. Nobody's stopping us from that. Um, and then also, the photo booth in the back, I will say this. What I love about um, our women here is that we are so for each other that Linda Elliott was, like, first right there in line, and the women started coming through to the photo booth, and she took the first picture. Well, then all of a sudden, everybody was like, well, here you go, here you go. So Linda now is the official photo booth photographer. Did you get your picture taken? Because you know Linda now. Because Linda's like, chick, 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 chick. She got all of your pictures back there. So during the break, we're going to eat. We are going to take some more photos. You all, I can clearly see, have already gone to the gear shop. Some of you went into the bathroom and changed. I mean, what? Y'all are fabulous. And then um, the other thing that we're going to do that is super important is right across from where we're selling all of our amazing gear, um, all of our small group women are gonna be there. And we have an amazing team of small group leaders. Amazing. Bible study starts um, in like two weeks. And I know, it's so exciting, I can't even stand it. We're doing the book of Luke. It's called Gut Level Compassion. So if you people need compassion, show up. Because you're gonna love it. It's going to be a phenomenal eight-week study. You're not, it's not asking you to give up your entire year. You're given eight weeks to dive into the word together as women. And we can already see what God does when we gather as women. So I want you to go and meet some of those small group leaders. We have Bible study on all of our campuses, all of our campuses um, for our women. And we wanna make sure because we count that a great, great priority. Um, now, here's one last thing I wanna say. Some of you brought 400 people with you and I am so grateful, like I am so grateful. And the way I know that is because you all are seat savers. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And then some of you were incredibly brave and you came alone. And let me tell you something, I love you. I love you. But what you will not do is eat alone or be alone. So women at the Mount, if you see one woman by themselves, you better get in their space quickly. Like make it uncomfortable quickly, okay? I don't care if they're an introvert. You let them know that, we're lo that they are loved and we are glad, glad that they are here. Um, okay, we're going to dive in. I'm going to, the back there, they're going to be like, where is she going? But I've already talked too much about my wardrobe, so now we need to get control of what I've got going on here. Today we are going to talk about the most important relationship that we will ever have on this planet. And that all of our other relationships stem from the health of that relationship. We're going to talk about our beautiful Savior and what that looks like. What does that look like to belong to him? We are going to be reminded of the deep, deep benefits of having a relationship with God. In the first session, this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to remember the benefits of God. We're going to be reminded of his beautiful plan for us. And we are going to embrace the stunning beauty of what it looks like to belong to him. Because there is beauty in belonging. And today, we are deep diving into this. Then at the end of the day, I want us all to be able to know and embrace this verse. So this is our verse for the day. 
and it's 1 Peter 2.9, and it says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. And we are gonna focus on this so many times today because when we repeat things over and over again, they set it to memory in our hearts. So ladies, here's what I'm gonna get you to do. I want you to stand up and we're gonna pray together and then we're gonna get started. Father God, you are good to us. Thank you for an incredible morning of worship so far. Thank you, Father, for these women. I thank you for the families they represent. I thank you for the circles of influence they represent in their jobs, in their homes, in their communities. Father, I pray that we would know that we are your special possession and that you are a beautiful savior and that you have amazing plans for our lives. Father, may we honor you for your glory and for the good of the women here. Lord, we love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. As you sit down, look at the woman next to you and say, you look good. That's right. All right. We have become a bit of a skeptical culture. Ever since, and I don't want to blame everything on COVID, so we won't blame this part on COVID. I got something later down the line I'll blame on COVID. But right now, we are a culture that is always wanting to know what's in it for me. So if somebody is offering you a gym membership, what's in it for me? If somebody, and you're like shopping and they offer you one of those rewards cards, doesn't that kind of get on your last nerve a little bit? And you want to say, well, what's, that, what's in that for me? And even people that invite you over for dinner, you now are like pausing and you think, what's in it for me? Because do I really want to get out of my comfy clothes and jammies to go over to their house? You know what I'm saying. Because comfy clothes are the best. And you want to know what's going to happen at that dinner party that's in it for me, that's going to enrich my life, because I want to know if it's really worth my time to be able to go. So after a lot of prayer, today we're going to be reminded of the immense benefits of God. We're going to deep dive into what he provides for his daughters, what he gives us because he gives us more than we can ever, ever imagine. David wrote an entire psalm about the benefits of God, an entire psalm about it. So if you have your Bibles, and if you don't, no worries, because the words will be on the screen. If you go to Psalm 103, and we're going to look at the first five verses of this, because we want to look at what the benefits of God are. So Psalm 103, verses one through five. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, um, if we can go, is it possible to go right back up to the front where Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5? I might be messing them up. Oh, there it is. Um, you ask, and ooh, there it is. Um, before the list that David gives, he wants to praise immediately the benefit giver. So David here, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. He knew that the first thing that we're supposed to do is praise the Lord. Even when we may not be living in a circumstance that feels good, immediately David says, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. 
That's why what was, so, what was so beautiful, what was happening this morning, is that you all came in here with a whole bunch of different stories. And we just spent some time praising the Lord, no matter what those stories were. So, he ends this praise time in the first two verses with a command to us. And the command is, forget not his benefits. He does not want us for one second to forget the benefits of God because they are immense. The opposite of to forget is to remember. And sometimes to remember, we need a plan. We need to actively work to remember something. Whether it is putting post-it notes all up around our house, whether it's putting it in our cars and our offices, whether it's memorizing it, whether it's singing it wherever we're going, we need an active plan. Because to forget not his benefits means that we need a plan to remember them. Because we want to be women who our hearts and our minds are always in tune with the things of God. Because that is what makes us disciples of the Most High. No matter how hard or deep the pits that some of us in this room may be dwelling in, we are still supposed to remember his benefits because in the process of that, that's what helps us give thanks. Because when we remember the goodness of God, we give thanks. And when we give thanks, we do not forget. So here's the first six sentences that we read, and these are the benefits that he lists. The first is he forgives. The second is he heals. The next is he redeems, he crowns, he satisfies, and he renews. Look at this. This is huge. No matter what your story is that you walked in with today, he is a God that forgives, who heals, who redeems. I don't know if I'm supposed to be touching this and I won't do that again. He crowns. He satisfies and he renews. I just realized that might be a touch screen and I may just sent something right off. Yes, Chris is nodding his head. So we'll not do that again. All right. Forgives, heals, redeems, crowns, satisfies, and renews. Let's dive a little bit more into a few words beyond that. He forgives our sins. He heals our diseases. There are many people that walked in today and you are currently on your knees for yourself or someone you love because you are desperate for healing for yourself, for a loved one, for someone you know. And sometimes healing does not look the same in earthly eyes as it does in kingdom eyes. But he still promises us he heals. It just may be sometimes on this side of eternity or sometimes on that side of eternity. The next one is, he redeems us from pits. We're gonna talk about this in a little bit because some of us in here are pit dwellers and that is a hard place to sit if we are a pit dweller. The next is that he crowns us with love and compassion. This is the kind of God we serve. He crowns us with love and compassion. No matter the pit that we are in, he is crowning us with love and compassion. He satisfies our desires. Sometimes, you guys, our desires, they just need satisfaction, and Jesus brings that to us. And then the last is he brings renewal. And we're gonna talk about that in a little bit too. 
The author that wrote this psalm is King David, and he knows the depth of these benefits because he experienced on a very deep level what it means to be forgiven and to be healed and to be redeemed and to be crowned with love and compassion. And um, in the commentaries there, it says, which is God's favor on display? When we are crowned with love and compassion, it is God's favor on display in our lives. David also knew what it meant to be, that his desires would be satisfied with good things. And he knew renewal. At the very core of who we are, our souls long for these benefits. They long for these benefits. When we are walking in our life, our souls, because we live in a vapor of a life, our souls long for forgiveness and healing and redemption and crowning and satisfaction and renewal. And we serve a God who gives us all of this, all of this. If some of you all were in um, our Bible study last year, you heard a little bit of the story. So just bear with me. I'm going to take a sip from my pink cup. <laughs> bear with me as I, t- I share a little bit of this story with you. Um, so a couple of years ago, um, our family, we were in quite a deep pit. Um, my precious, amazing, wonderful husband um, went through a season of deep, deep anxiety and depression. And um, as you can imagine, um, it affected our whole family. What I love about my husband, and I love him so dearly, is that he absolutely um, did not want to save his story for himself. He shared it on a podcast I used to do um, called She Speaks Stories, and uh, we had men coming up afterwards saying, me too, me too, me too. Um, Ed went into this depression, and what I realized from this is that um, God did not allow this circumstance to be just for him. Um, Because we all learned from it within our family. And then several years, uh, about a year later, um, I went into my own deep, deep sadness. And I learned from what Ed had experienced. So while while Ed was experiencing all of this, I realized we had to have a plan. We had to have a plan. Because we don't want to be pit dwellers. And that's, I touched it again, Chris. We did not want to be pit dwellers. We want to be women that live outside of pits. But when you are in a season of sadness and depression and anxiety, it is hard, hard to pull yourself out of those pits. So we put together a plan. And I'm going to tell you what our plan is. Because I believe every woman needs a plan. Because I believe if you have a plan, it helps your children know how to have a plan. It helps your friends know how to have a plan. It helps your husband know how to have a plan. And so when we put this plan together, it helped because then when my sadness arrived, I knew, well, we're going to have the same plan because it doesn't mean it's a magic pill. It means that we just knew the nearness of God in a different way. So the first thing, the first thing that was priority was prayer. Our kids were a little bit older, so um, we did not hide from them that dad was walking through um, some anxiety and depression. And so we would pray over him. My kids would pay, pray powerful prayers over him. And they, I really do believe, were part of the answer to pulling Ed from his pit. We went um, and saw counselors. And we became a family of counselors. Meaning, it wasn't just Ed that was in counseling anymore. We all were in counseling. Like, we all just 
went face first into counseling. And I believe, if I can tell you anything today, if you have a godly counselor on your side, you have gold. You need a third party helping you pull yourself out of pits. Because sometimes we, can, we cannot do it with just our family. We need that. And if you are a mom in this room and you ever wonder if your kids need to be in counseling, the answer is yes. Because when they are older and they really need counseling, they won't view it with a stigma and a bad word. They will say, it's part of life. It's part of my plan. It's part of how I serve God the best way I can serve God. We also found Ed an incredible psychiatrist. He did a two-week um, outpatient program at Snowden, and we just decided we were going to go to war for our dad and our, my man. So we would drop him off early in the morning, and um, I would go across the street at Snowden, and I would just pray for a couple of hours, just pray verses over him, scripture, scripture, scripture. I would go to work for a little bit, and then I would come back, and I would pray more and pray more and pray more. One thing I started noticing with um, anxiety and depression and living inside of this pit is that it is not that those people don't love the word and that they don't love God. It's that they don't have energy. They don't have energy to dive into the word. They don't have energy to want to spend hours in prayer. And that's when we link arms with our people and we do it for them. So I went to our construction drawer construction drawer. That, that sounded like Bob the Builder. Our construction paper drawer. And I pulled out our construction paper and there was only extremely ugly colors left. So please understand what I'm about to explain to you may sound in your mind, oh, it's so lovely and beautiful. It is hideous except for the words of God. So I took all of the ugly color construction paper and I wrote every verse I could find about God redeeming lives from pits about God's faithfulness, about God's healing, about everything I could think. And I plastered them on our bedroom wall right on his side of the bed. And I would come in uh, some days and I would just see him sitting on the edge of his bed just reading it because that was the energy he had that day. And he was reading it. And what I knew is it was going in his mind and going in his heart. It was going in his mind and it was going in his heart. And y'all, there was a season in there where I really thought... Is this how we're going to live forever? Will he be living like this forever? And is this our new normal? And I want you to know and hear me say, if this had been the new normal, God is still faithful. God is still faithful. Because the scripture is still true. The scripture is still faithful. The prayers are still being prayed. My kids are learning what it means to have a battle plan. It was an incredibly hard couple of years, incredibly hard couple of years. But I'm telling you, when God pulled Ed out of that pit, you could hear hallelujahs all over creation. I mean, we were so extraordinarily, extraordinarily excited. Then about a year later, I went into my own pit. And we're gonna talk about that a little bit in the second session. Um, and I knew I've got to have my own plan for this as well. And I'm like, if it worked for my husband, it's going to have to work for me. So I'm not telling you that our plan has to be your plan, but we want him to pull us out of pits. And we as women, we are easily thrown into pits some days 
because we are juggling a lot. So if you think that you will come out of those pits by happenstance, that is not the case. We need the word in us. We need prayer happening. That is why I believe wholeheartedly in these women's Bible studies. Because those women that circle up in those small groups, those are women that can pull you out of pits. When we were in the middle of all of this, I had a group of women that prayed nonstop, nonstop for us. They showed up at the house with food. They sent text messages almost every single day. They did everything they could to link arms and hold our arms up. That is why I believe in small group, because I believe in the words you're studying, but I believe in the community it builds. Because when we are holding each other up, it gives us a plan, and it doesn't make us stay in pits any longer. So when we say get in a group, this is not us saying, oh, it's that time of year again, just like backpack season. Oh, it's that time of year, buy a backpack. It's that time of year, get in a group. That is not what we're saying. Groups saved my family. Those women that circled around me and the men that circled around my husband saved my family. The scripture on those ugly pieces of construction paper saved my family. Our counselor, every single week, we are every other week, we go and they save our family. I am telling you, get a plan because if you are not in a pit right now, you will be one day because in this world, we are promised trouble. And that is not a threat, that is reality of the world we live in. Get a plan, get a plan. All right. Verse five, it says, um, he satisfies our desires with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. Now listen, I have read this verse probably a million times since I was, you know, in elementary school. And you just read over it. You think, oh, that's kind of cute um, poetry, like your youth is renewed like the eagles. Um, but my daughter called me and she had this whole entire explanation one night about this um, eagle renewal. Do you all know about this eagle renewal? Because I'm about to tell you about it. And it will be like the most exciting thing you may have heard all day long. Like I'm not even exaggerating. Like when she told me, I even had made, I, like, I said, okay, I need you to repeat all of that and I'm gonna record what you're saying. And she was like, you are so dramatic. And I'm like, well, it's gonna happen. Because here's the deal. When we are fresh out of a pit and God has brought us redemption and love and compassion, there's still a little bit of exhaustion, like a little bit of exhaustion. Because we just want a fresh start and we want that peace. So God offers this in the middle of hard times. So I'm gonna tell you about these eagles because I'm fascinated by it. Like I can't explain it to you. So here's what happens with eagles. Our eagles, our eagles, like they're ours, they belong to God. But so eagles, they are um, living. They're not dead. Why am I saying they're living? They're living. <laughs> they're flying, okay? I'm trying to figure out how to start this little piece right here because it doesn't have a good segue in my notes and I'm thinking in my head while I'm talking to you, why didn't you write a good segue into that? That didn't work. Okay, so here's we go. Eagles, they're flying. They start living. They're doing their greatness. They're flying all around. They're soaring. They're doing the things they do. Then all of a sudden, things start happening, and here's what it is. 
their feathers start to, um, okay, what I just realized now is this. <laughs> Those of us that are in menopause, you're gonna feel what I'm about to say. I mean, I'm not kidding you. I don't know if the Holy Spirit just put that in my head, but. <laughs> so, as the eagles are living their life, their feathers start to thin. <laughs> and can I just tell you this morning as I was washing my hair, I took a clump and let go and I went, why? <laughs> okay, I think that's what the eagle feels like. I think that's what the eagle feels like. So the feathers start coming out, okay? The beak, the beak on this thing, eagle, goes over like right here. Okay, I'm not saying that's what happened in menopause, bless your hearts. <laughs> that would be so unfortunate. <laughs> Although sometimes I will say, no, I'm not gonna say that. I will just say sometimes waxing is my friend. <laughs> anyway, what is happening? Get back on track. All right, so we've got a beak that starts forming over and they can't eat very well, okay? So you're hearing this? So we've got, they're losing their feathers, the beak is going right here, and their talons, oh, they are a pitiful mess. Go get a manicure. They are a pitiful mess. Their talons are a mess. So here's what happens. Here is what happens. Only God could think this up. Those eagles go away by themselves for a few months, okay? They go off into like a cave or somewhere. I mean, I read a cave, so I'm going to say it's a cave. I don't know where they go, but I think it's a cave. And while they're in the cave, they pull all of those feathers off their body. They literally pull all of the, like, because it was already thinning. And they were like, well, I might as well just get rid of all of them. So they just got rid of it. So they are now completely naked. Then their beaks, they beat against a rock or wood, like a tree or whatever, and all of that beak comes off and it's just that fresh beak right there, and then they pull all their talons out. So they are sitting for several months, naked, with no beak, and they pull their talons out. And then what starts happening is, it all starts growing back. So the feathers start growing back, the beak grows back to where they're able to nourish themselves and take care of themselves again, and their talents come back as brand new. So literally, their youth has been restored. Their youth has been renewed. But do you hear the messy that they had to go through to get to this point? So this one verse, the author here knows what happens with those eagles. And sometimes when we have to find renewal, we have to walk through the mess. We have to walk through the hard. We have to walk through it all. Because at the end of it, when all of it is said and done, this new substance is on their brand new feathers and they are able to soar higher, freer, and better than they even did before. That is what God is saying renewal is. Sometimes we walk through the extremely hard seasons of life and then all of a sudden we are able to be renewed and we are able to soar and fly higher than we ever have in our lives. That is a benefit of our God. 
That is the kind of God that we serve. Now, verse 7. There is this tiny little verse that's sandwiched between these two benefits. And it's just kind of oddly there, but it's so important. Because we've got these benefits of forgiveness and healing and renewal and all of that. And then we've got some more benefits that we're going to talk about here on the end. And then right in the middle, there's this verse 7. And so let me look, let's look at this verse 7. He made known his way to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. It goes further than that, doesn't it? Oh, no, it doesn't. (laughs) I'm glad I'm prepared. Um, This verse right here, he made known his way to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. To this day, he continues to make himself known. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says... Um, Because uh, in Jeremiah, uh, God's dealing with the people of Judah who need, they want calm in their chaos. There's a whole bunch of chaos happening, and they want some calm to their chaos. And it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Then we go over to the New Testament in Matthew 7, 7, and it's promised, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. So we continue to seek, and he continues to make known his way. So just like he made his way known to Moses, he will always continue to make his way known to us. But the answer is we have to seek him. We have to seek after him. In Jeremiah, it says, you will seek me and you will find me. In Matthew, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. When we seek, we will find him. Let's be women who seek after him who seek after his word, who know what renewal looks like because we are diving deep into those scriptures. Now let's look at the final benefits of God that's listed here in Psalm 103, 8 through um, 12. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as... Our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Okay, so let's break this down like we did before into what his benefits are. So he is compassionate, he is slow to anger. Well, gracious, there we go. He's gracious. He is slow to anger. He is abounding in love. He is not always accusing. He is not harboring anger. He is great in love, and he removes our transgressions. Y'all, as if the other list wasn't enough, look at this list. He is compassionate. He is gracious. He is slow to anger. He is abounding in love. He is not always accusing. He is not harboring anger. He is great in love, and he removes our transgressions. Over and over and over again, we are finding that the benefits of God are deep because he loves his daughters. He is all of these things and more. The scriptures are full of all of God's benefits. 
because we serve a compassionate God, a gracious God, a God that is slow to anger, a God that is abounding in love, that is not always accusing us, that is not harboring anger against us, that is great in love, and that he removes our transgressions. This is the kind of God that we serve. This God right here, I am telling you with every ounce of my being, this God right here has changed my life. This God right here, when I see so many that are searching and searching about uh, terms like deconstruction and trying to find their real truth, this is the truth of who my God is. This is the truth. He is compassionate on me when I don't deserve it. He is gracious to me when I don't deserve it. Heaven knows he needs to be angry with me often and he is slow to anger with me. He is abounding in love. He is not accusing me. He is not harboring anger against me. He is great in love and he removes my transgressions. Ladies, this is what he does for you. And if you are ever wondering what is your truth, this is the truth. This is the truth of the God that we serve. And it will never change because he is never changing. He is not going to wake up one day and decide that he will not be abounding in love for you. He will always be abounding in love for you. His truth never changes. It never changes. Because we have these attributes. He is also, from before, forgiving, healing, redeeming, crowning, satisfying, and bringing renewal. Do you see the list the list that we're creating, that every morning we could get up and take these two lists alone, and that could be a 15-minute prayer time of just simply thanking God for who he is in our lives. And then what it does is it reminds our hearts of who he is. And then when we all of a sudden find ourselves in the middle of a day in a pit, our minds and our memories go back to who he is, because he is a God that will never change and never fail us. I cannot imagine one day of my life, one day of my life without Jesus. In John 10.10, he calls this abundance. And it says in John 10.10 that I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Well, look at that. Okay, go to the next part of it. Is there a next part? Because this is the first half. I think I just read the second half. I did. See, somebody said yes. Thank you. Y'all, we have the most amazing crew, and this is me and not them, because I said, oh, John 10.10. 10. John 10.10 10 has two parts. Let's start read the first part together, because they put this up here, and I think we're supposed to read it. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen, that is the truth. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Here's what I want you to know. We do have a real enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but we have a greater God that comes to give us life abundantly, and that means to the full. So if you are ever wondering, do we have an adversary? We sure do. And their job is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the enemy's work. But our God's job, life to the full. Life to the full. And it does not mean um, full of stuff or an abundance of material possessions. When we belong to God, through a relationship with Jesus Christ, we have access to all of his benefits, all of his wisdom, all of his faithfulness, and all of his love. That is what it means to live in an abundance of Jesus. Because when we belong to Jesus, we belong. We belong. You never have to wonder, 
about any of that. We belong. There are some women that I see here at the Mount, and they remind me of what it looks like to belong to Jesus. And I'm going to talk about these three very briefly because I want you to know um, just the beauty that I see in them. First is Sarah Mitzel. I see a woman walking every single day loving her family, pointing her kids to Jesus, loving her church. And she does it with such a gentleness of spirit and authenticity of heart. She inspires me to trust Jesus in every single bit of my family. Another one is Karen Holt. I see a woman that is walking every day loving her husband during a heart health season. And she does this all while deeply loving Jesus, but also mama bear loving this church. And she inspires me on and inspires me to live every single day and trust him in every single way. Another one is Rose Manorino. And I see a woman who deeply worships and deeply prays, no matter the circumstances. She spurs me on to have a posture of worship in my prayer time and in my worship time. Here's what I want you to know. These women and countless others all throughout this room, all throughout uh, the world that love Jesus, they are living as women that are forgiven and healed and redeemed and crowned and satisfied and renewed. But here's what I want you to know. It does not mean that their lives are sunshine and rainbows. What it means is that they know in this life we will have trouble, but I'm going to keep trusting Jesus. In this life, I will have trouble, but I will keep trusting Jesus. Despite our circumstances that lay before us, we get to do the same thing. We get to be followers of Jesus. We get to be daughters of the Most High God. And we get to be gals that know the beauty of Christ and the benefits that he provides to us every single day as his daughters. And we get to choose to live inside of those benefits every single day. Now, I want to lean in for a hot second to those gals that may be here that do not have a personal relationship with Jesus. Because if I could come, and I could come and sit next to you, I mean, not too awkwardly, but eye to eye, knee to knee, with the best grounds coffee that we could offer, I would look at you and say, the most important thing in my life, 100% is Jesus. 100% is Jesus. And I would want you to know that when we walk this life, if we walk it without Jesus, it is so much harder. Because his love is so real. His benefits are so true. I don't have this giant, like, um, like my husband came to faith later in life, and I love listening to his testimony about how he came like later in life. He was in his 20s. What is that? I'm going to be 50 in like a nanosecond. And I'm sitting here going, he came to faith later in life. He was in his 20s, people. That might as well be like an embryo. But anyway, <laughs> I 
have walked with Jesus since I was nine, and I'm telling you, um, I know some of your stories do not mirror that, but I'm telling you this. Without Jesus, life is just not the same. He is the very breath that we breathe. He is everything that we need. When life is hard and we are in pits, he sends us arms to pull us out. He sends us men and women that can help us. Jesus is everything we need in this world to live. And when it doesn't feel that way, then go back to the scriptures because the scriptures never change and our feelings do. His word will always remind us he is enough. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go inside those fancy swag bags. Do you see them at your feet? I want you to go inside them really quick. And, okay, first of all, I can honestly tell you with everything that I am, I have never purchased a Lululemon nothing in my life. But apparently these bags are similar to Lululemon. So um, when they came in and people knew about them, they were like, oh, they're Lululemon bags. I have never purchased a Lululemon. But enjoy your Lululemon bags. I don't know. They're so cute. I will say they're quite cute. Okay, this is what I want you to pull out. You're like, you're telling us to pull your thing out, but you didn't tell us what to get out. I want you to get this out. This is the most important thing we're going to go over today. And for those of you that know the gospel, it's still the most important thing you'll go over today. Every day, every day we could tell ourselves the gospel and it wouldn't be enough. Because, man, Jesus has done so much for us. So here's what I believe. I believe we're going to be able to read it. We're all going to be able to see it here. And we're going to be able to hear it. And for those that have never, ever um, understood what it means to have a relationship with Jesus, we're about to walk through what that is right now. And we're going to be very clear about it. Because it is that important. We know how much we love our kids. We know how much we love our husband. We know how much we love our friends. It is nothing compared to the love that Jesus has for us. It is nothing compared. And that should tell you a lot because you all know how much we all love our people in this room. We're women, we love our people. Even if they are not our people, we'll claim them and we'll hug them until their eyes pop out. <laughs> Jesus loves us more. Jesus loves us more. So let's walk through this, the gospel. First, God is creator. The Bible teaches us that God is the creator and ruler over all creation. God is perfect in his character and he is holy. Next, we sin. This is hard for a lot in our culture to hear today. And it's becoming more and more difficult to hear because people do believe they want to hear their own truth. I want you to hear me say, this is truth. The Bible teaches us that sin, which is disobedience to God, separates us from God and deserves God's punishment, which is separation from our holy and perfect God. Let's go to the next one. But this, this is how much God loves us. This is the kind of God that we serve. The Bible teaches us that God has a constant love for us, his creation, his daughters, because of that deep love, he made a way for our sins to be forgiven. God sent Jesus to rescue us from the punishment that we deserve. And it is something we as sinners could never earn on our own. Jesus alone forgives us and provides the gift of salvation through his death on the cross and resurrection. 
Jesus died for us so we may have life forever in eternity, and that is the good news of the Bible and the message of the gospel. Let's go to the next one. And then this is our response. Those that have never asked Jesus to be your savior, this is our answer. The Bible teaches us to believe in our heart that Jesus alone saves us through his death and his resurrection. We are to turn away from our sin and turn to Jesus by placing our faith in him. We are gonna have a prayer time right now. We are gonna pray and we are gonna ask Jesus to do incredible things. But before we have a prayer time, I want to be very specific in this. If you have never, ever asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, it would be the greatest honor of our lives to do two things. To one, to walk you through placing your faith in Jesus by praying a prayer that you will repeat in your heart. And then two, it would be our honor as a church to walk with you in your newfound faith. We leave no woman alone here. That's why we have groups. That's why we have community. That's why we do things like this. So, let's pray real quick. And then after we pray, I'm gonna give you a little bit more instruction. If you have never prayed to receive Jesus as your savior, this is the prayer that I want you to repeat in your heart as I'm praying. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness for my sin. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and into my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Today, I am placing my faith in you.